This is Priya Kumar. I'm a motivational speaker, author, and screenwriter, and I welcome you to my podcast, Turn the Tables from Challenges to Opportunities. The superpower zone. Every performer has his zone. Is that space where he gets in touch with the source of excellence and immense courage and smashes one goal after the other, taking his team to an astounding and historic victory. You recognize the zone when you say he's on a roll. He is on a roll because he has gotten in that zone, the zone where he's unbeatable and where he can create anything he wants. One hour before the match, you will not see the star baseball athlete hanging out at Starbucks. You will not see him loitering in the garden or networking with people around the arena. One hour before the match, you will not see the star athlete. He has retreated and retracted into his zone, that place where he strengthens his connection with his inner power and regroups his focus. You will find him in the court alone, hitting the ball with perfect strikes as if you were watching the frame on repeat. You will find him in deep meditation, his breathing calm and his vibration divine. You will find him in that place where he turns from an athlete into a star. Everyone has a zone. It's not the same formula for everyone. Every zone has a different address. You have to find where yours is located. And once there, you will be home. And once there, you will be yourself. And once there, nothing can touch you or your purpose. That's where you are at your best. Let me tell you about a time in my childhood, which by the way, wasn't an easy phase of my life for many reasons. And I would have loved to tell, but then since those problems don't exist anymore and don't matter today, I don't want to waste your time and digress from the purpose of this podcast. So continuing the conversation, home was the last place that I wanted to be. And the only way out of home was school. Now here's the thing. I have been a teacher for nine years. I have had over 1900 students come to me. And I can tell you by the look, the eyes, the face, the attention span of the student, if he or she is having problems at home. When young, if your child is having problems, the source is generally found at home. Because children coming out of happy homes can usually solve problems outside. They have confidence and they have their family members as resources to help them. Now, when I see a child in distress, it is invariable that his work, that is his studies, are going to suffer. Actually, the ones who did great in their studies either didn't have problems or were good at channelizing their duress into determination to succeed. So, the point I'm making is that if a child is disturbed, it will show, it will affect him, it will pull him down. They aren't diplomatic yet to hide it or emotionally stable to move beyond it. You could see my sullen face and introverted temperament as I left my house in the morning to go to school. That look I know so well when I see it in others. But the journey to the school was as though I was passing through an enchanted forest where worries become distant and possibilities open up. I lived in Chandigarh all through my childhood and my school was quite far from home. My brother and I would go to school by rickshaw which was quite a ride, a long one at that. 
thank God for no mobile phones or gadgets, so there was no introverting indulgence. And even if there were, we sure couldn't afford them. Thank God for that. So, with the wind in my face and the beautiful lanes as passage, as the rickshaw drew further and further away from home, the view and the open space would consume me. I would, at some point, get off the rickshaw and run in the beautiful public gardens alongside the road, keeping pace with my ride. I would even sometimes remove my shoes and run on the grass. I would stop to pluck the wildflowers. I would run up and hug the trees. They were so beautiful, almost human. I would stop and admire the beautifully manicured gardens with the most stunning flowers in the houses that we would pass by. And if it were autumn, I would wake up an hour early on the pretext of sports practice and warm-ups to leave the house early just so I could jump and play in the golden leaves that would blanket the streets of Chandigarh. My brother was not much of a participant in my morning euphoria and he would have the continual rote warning, hurry up, we are getting late. That half an hour to 45 minutes of the journey to school would liberate my soul. My memories of home would begin to fade away as the chilly breeze would sting my cheeks or the fragrance of the flowers would enter my nostrils and fill my soul. Or the clear blue sky with the birds flying low would give me wings of hope. Or the smell of the wet mud with a few showers would transport me into a world where I was happy and all was well. I would arrive in school as though I owned the world. It was my place to conquer because like I said, every step that I took through that enchanted space of nature, I regained myself. No one had the faintest idea of my troubled times at home. I was the queen. I was the winner. I was the person they all looked up to in wonder. Where does she get that energy from? Where does she get that drive from? Well, they didn't tell me then. But when I met my classmates decades later, they told me that. That was my zone. Give me an open field and I will come alive. Give me a rough patch of the open sky and I will inflate into the largest human being you have ever seen. Give me a garden full of flowers and I will bloom brighter than the prettiest one. Allow me a share of autumn with the leaves falling off the trees and I will chase and catch them all. Leave me out in the rain and I will dance way after it has stopped. Leave me alone in the sunshine and I will have enough light to power a thousand suns. That is my zone, that place where it's just me and the universe in whatever size that I can have of it. That's the zone where the place I left from doesn't exist. It's where I'm going is all that matters. I was the best student, the best sports person and the best artist. Um, well, after the guitar episode, I took up painting and painted a collection that was sold out before the exhibition started. In short, I was a star at everything I did. I never doubted for a second that my classmates weren't talented or weren't smart. But I had what they perhaps didn't, my zone. How did I know that? The days when my father dropped me to school on his bike, those days weren't as magical. I was grumpy, sullen and down. You could tell from my eyes. You could tell from my face. You could tell from my wavering attention span. And when the teachers would ask, are you okay? Are you well? The suspicion was confirmed. To this day, I spend as much time as I can in my space, my zone. When I take a walk alone, I'm there. When I run barefoot in the garden, I'm there. When I deliberately walk in the rain, I am there. By the way, I never carry an umbrella. 
When I stop to hug a tree or pick up a wildflower, I am there. When my attention goes to the sky, I am definitely there. Oh, did I say that playing with dogs takes me there too? I have built my life into my zone. No matter what happens, no matter how harsh or hard the times are, I know the way into the enchanted forest where I can find the power to be myself, the solver of problems, the creator of realities. And on the way home, the same passage awaited. That journey allowed me the mood, the cheerfulness and the sanity to plan my evening and the next day. The focus and the achievement at school was strengthened on the way home, where I knew exactly what I would do once I would get home. And a man with a plan cannot be broken. It's when you arrive lost, not knowing where to go. You could be led anywhere. Not knowing that the direction shown to you is not where you want to go, you are further lost. But when you have a clear-cut agenda on what you need to do, then you look forward to getting it done despite all the distractions you dread. When you see a man immersed deep in his work, you cannot dare to disturb him. Have you ever seen a man digging the road, taking the hammer over his head, showing you every muscle on his arm and then heaving it on that huge metal nail with a loud clank causing the ground to crack a little and then throwing his arm with the heavy hammer again over his head, now exposing not just the muscular formation but also tiny droplets of sweat as you catch the hammer slam on the large nail again, cracking the ground a little more. That immersion is hypnotic to the viewer, where you are hooked to every movement he makes, to the point where you're tempted to approach him and hesitatingly offer to try to take one shot at that hammer. That's the power of a man who is busy. Even Satan will go back apologetically or wait totally hypnotized till you're done so he can take you away. The man with the hammer is the man in the zone. I am sure he got there through the enchanted forest, whether he knows it or not. For how can such power emerge from a mere road cutter to stop you in awe with an urge to remove your executive jacket, take his hammer and try his job? I have had the good fortune of having friends who are accomplished maestros in their fields, artists, athletes, corporate executives alike. And each one talks about and is aware of their zone, a place they guard with their life. And the entry into that zone is always alone. Solitude is the primary criteria of admission. Each one talks about those strokes of genius, of those moments of magic, with solitude being the fundamental constant. For one friend, driving is his zone. For another, running for miles is his zone. Music is the zone for another friend. Not just any music, but specific compositions which have stayed tuned in his player for decades. Everyone has a place, which when entered, it produces the same magical effect no matter what. That's why it's called the zone, because it always works. Now, here is the magic. Here is what all super performers have to say before the concert, before the big game, before the crucial board meeting. They get into their zone touch upon that greatness and then go on to conquer the world. That's what I accidentally did all my childhood. 
So how does this apply to a corporate executive? Well, unless your office is in the next room of your house, the journey to get there could well be your zone. Now, before you raise the argument about public transport and traffic, um, Chandigarh isn't as I left it three decades ago. I can hear your argument as I say this. By the way, let me tell you about a friend who used to work in Churchgate. Anyone living in Andheri in Mumbai will tell you getting to Churchgate in the morning is physical torture. So when expected to report to work at 9.30 in the morning, he would leave his home at 6 a.m. to beat the traffic. And he would be at Churchgate by 7 a.m. He raved about having the best time of his life from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where he would sit at Marine Drive for an hour soaking in the ocean and the morning sun, watching the ships in the distance and seagulls hovering overhead. He would carry his breakfast, which he would eat at his seaside abode. He would walk by the ocean and in minutes his head would clear up. Ideas would make home for a better strategy, for a better policy, for better communication. That's not what he would come for, but he would inevitably land up planning his day at work. He didn't mean to, but he would land up reflecting on the day gone by. And then with a hot cup of chai from the vendor on the street, he would walk into his office at 9.30 a.m. Undefeatable, happy, prepared, and with the energy that could put the whole company into action just by his presence. It wouldn't be a surprise for me to tell you that he was the only person who won the employee of the month consistently, month after month after month. And then when he was interviewed for his monthly magazine on his mantra for success, he said it was commitment, dedication and hard work. Like my journey to school had shaped me as a person, his journey to work shaped him as an achiever. The common thing between us was that both of us didn't know that we were emerging from the zone until years later. It was when he was promoted and transferred to Bangalore that he realized that life was not the same. He needed his zone back by the seaside. The stories, the evidence is everywhere. Allow Google to bring you the lifestyle of every single person you have admiration for. Um, I'm assuming the people you admire are famous, so Google knows them. If you read and observe carefully, each of them have a daily ritual, something that they do before they get to doing what they have to do. And that's their zone. Some read, some meditate, some walk, some tend the plants, some run. There's always something that they do before they start their day. Which brings us to the primary question. What do you do before you do what you have to do? What is your zone? If you want to truly touch your potential and witness it come alive into performance, go find your enchanted forest. Wake up early if you have to. Find, look and you will discover that space that is closest to your heart, that frees your soul the minute you enter it. When you are in that space, new possibilities open up. A new world comes into sight and you meet with the grandest of them all. You. And when there, return to it often and return to it enough, making that space as a part of your daily living. And soon, you will never have an ordinary day. For how can an extraordinary person ever have an ordinary day or an ordinary life? So that was a chapter from my book, Turn the Tables, From Challenges to Opportunities. This is Priya Kumar. I'm a motivational speaker, author, screenwriter and a dreamer. And I'm signing off now and on to the next one. 